With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pour one more beer for me. Exile needs quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Zoltan today. Enjoy your John Miller, Hawkeye Nation here. Sometimes I feel like sitting down, flipping on the microphone, and sort of riffing on topics. And this is a topic that I, well, here I am, sitting down in front of a microphone. Allow me to riff. There is a, I wouldn't call it an urban legend, let's just say a somewhat popular opinion out there, or decently widely held belief. I'm not saying everyone believes this, but I, I hear it so often. It probably not as many people feel this way as, as it feels like they do, because those that feel this way certainly get loud about it. That in the Kirk Ferentz era, Iowa's starting quarterbacks who've been there longer than a year, their play has regressed the longer that they've been in the program. And I know that Dace has said this on numerous occasions, and believe me, I'm going to bring up this topic with him at some point, and probably in the offseason as we look ahead to next year and Nate Stanley in year two, and he'll invariably bring up, well, you know, Iowa, you know, their, their history is whenever, you know, after that first year, Iowa's quarterbacks kind of regress. They don't. Or at least it's not this rubber stamp theme and I'm going to show you why I'm going to tell you why first off Kirk Ferentz has been Iowa's head coach this is his 19th year let's go through the starting quarterbacks of the Ferentz era here real quick as an exercise just to show you how what quarterbacks we're talking about here so year one was it Scotty Mullen um or was Mullen year two? I can't recall. There, there wasn't a two-year starter from 99 to 2000. Then in 2001, it was Kyle McCann. 2002, it was Brad Banks. 2003, it was Nate Chandler. And then we get to 2004, where sophomore Drew Tate basically started and was a three-year starter. So Tate's the first multi-year starting quarterback of the Ferentz era. And that gets us through 2006. So we're starting out in 2007 now, which is, what, year eight of the Ferentz era? Before you had a, 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 a multi-year starter at quarterback, that's eight of the seven of the um, nineteen years, right? So there's that point. So Tate for three years. Then after Tate, Jake Christensen started 2007. Ricky Stanzi started 11 of the 13 games in 2008. So I'm going to say Ricky Stanzi. You know, 2000. He he was also a three-year starter, by and large. Then you had James Vandenberg who was a two-year starter. Jake Rudock, who was a two-year starter. And then in the offseason following the 2014 year, the Iowa coaching staff felt that C.J. Beathard had more upside than Jake Rudock. 
and said that CJB would be the starter and Jake transferred to Michigan. And that leads us to now with Nate Stanley. So we're talking about five quarterbacks who are multi-year starters. Only five quarterbacks who can either support this notion that Iowa's starting quarterback play has deteriorated the longer they're in the program. There's five of them. Let's go back to Drew Tate. 2004. We all know what Drew Tate did in 2004. It was a fantastic year. Uh, Just a, a magical season, if you will. In 2004, let me pull this up real quick. I just had it here. Drew Tate in 2004. He completed 62.1% of his passes. He threw the ball 375 times. You might remember that uh, Iowa's running game was one of the worst in the country that year. So 375, remember that. For 2,786 yards, 7.4 yards per attempt, 20 touchdowns to 14 interceptions for 134.7 rating. What about as a junior in 2005? Iowa also went 10 and 2. There's a theme here that I'll also bring up. Iowa went 10 and 2. 2005, Iowa didn't go 10 and 2. They went 7 and 5. Okay? That right there is what people say. Well, the quarterback play was down, so Iowa lost, you know, more games. We'll get to that in a second. Here's Drew Tate's stats as a junior quarterback. 352 attempts. So we're talking only 23 fewer than in 2004 in the same number of games. He completed 62.2% versus 62.1. For 2,828 yards, his average yards per attempt actually went up 6 tenths from 7.4 to 8.0. His um, touchdown passes increased by 2, 20 to 22. And his interceptions were cut in half from 14 to 7. And his passer rating of 146.4, and I'm just guessing right now, is either the second or third best in the Ferentz era behind Brad Banks. Maybe, actually, maybe third or fourth. Uh, Ricky Stanzi had a year in that range, but it was one of the best of the Ferentz era. Drew Tate's 2005 season was his best season. Okay? His 2005 season was better than his 2004 season as at the position. Just wasn't a, you know, a Hail Mary which that wasn't a Hail Mary, but there wasn't a Tate to Holloway. The team didn't have a a storybook ending. And the 2005 team, by and large, disappointed. They lost 23-3 at Iowa State when Drew basically took himself out of the game with trying to make a tackle after he threw an interception. Um, You had the double-digit come-from-ahead loss at Northwestern in the fourth quarter when Iowa had that game under control. Uh, Iowa lost 31-6 at Ohio State. That was that was a legit pounding there. Offense didn't do much that day. I think Tate spiked the football, if you'll recall. Lost in overtime against Michigan at home. I think that snapped Iowa's very long win streak, and it was the first ever blackout game in Kinnick, and I've hated them ever since. The defense bent a little bit there. And you lost uh, to Florida. You went seven and five. 
But Drew Tate didn't, you know, he, he, he got worse as his career went on. You're saying, well, John, what about his senior year? Here's what I think about his senior year. I don't count his senior year much, or I don't weigh much on it, because Drew Tate played with an oblique injury for nearly the entire season that year. He hurt it in camp. He aggravated it early on. Jason Manson started the Syracuse game, if you recall. All season long, Tate played hurt. He actually had the same number of attempts in 2006 that he did in 2005 in one fewer game. Completed, his percentage was lower, his touchdowns, interception, 18 to 13. Tate was injured. We'll talk about that with C.J. Beathard a bit. So I, I, it, it's unfair to say that Iowa, you know, Iowa's development of quarterbacks just isn't good when they get older. Because Tate's senior year, he was injured. Tate's junior year, he was a better quarterback than his sophomore year. But his defense wasn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. You mean there are 21 other players on the, on the team other than quarterback? Iowa's defense in 2004 is debatably... And I know I say this a lot, but debatably the best in the Ferentz era, which means it potentially might be one of the best in school history. That 2014, eight of its 11 starters made it into a 53-man roster in the NFL. Eight of 11. And in 2005, I think was Iowa started a couple of sophomores and a couple of freshmen on defensive line. Mitch King and Matt Cruel were freshmen. Kenny Awebema and Brian Madison were not, but they were first-year starters after Matt Roth and company moved on. Yeah, they still had Abdul Hodge and Chad Greenway, but give me an experienced defensive line over experienced linebackers any day of the week. We'll be testing that next year for Iowa. So, no, I'm not going to give you Drew Tate tailed off. His injury caused him to tail off, but he was better in year two than he was in year one. So after Tate... Let's go to Ricky Stanzi. In 2018, or 2008 rather, 13 games, he started 11. Uh, completed 59.1% of his passes for 1,956 yards. Let's not worry about the yards. 7.7 yards per attempt. Not bad. 134.8 rating. 2009, year two, but some might say this was his first year as a starter. He completed 56.3% of his passes the worst percentage of any of his three years. Eight yards per attempt, 17 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. That was the pick Rick season. I will also win 11 and two. 2010, which everyone says, well, clearly Stanzi got worse the longer he was there. He actually didn't. 2010, Ricky Stanzi's senior year, he completed 64.1% of his passes. For 3,004 yards, 8.7 yards per attempt, which might be the Ferentz era high. I have to go back and look at Brad Banks in 02 to double check. 25 touchdowns to six interceptions. I think Banks was at 27 and 5 or 27 and 4. And a quarterback rating of 157.6. That 157.6 rating is 5 tenths of a point higher than Brad Banks's 157.1 in his Heisman Trophy runner-up senior season, where he threw 26 touchdowns 
to five interceptions, completed 57.8% of his passes, and had 8.8 yards per carry. So after all, uh, Rick's 8.7 was a little behind, 25-6 touch. I mean, Stanzi's senior year was easily his best year. His completion percentage was over five percentage points higher than his junior year or his first full-time year as a starter, as some people want to argue with me about. So no, you don't get Stanzi either. I'm sorry the team went 7-5. and five. I'm sorry the team didn't have much depth on the defensive line and Adrian Claiborne and company were having to play 70-80 snaps and the last four games of the year, they got incredibly tired and worn down. I'm sorry about that. It stinks. I didn't like it. It was a disappointing year. But they lost to Wisconsin because of the fake punt. They had that game won. They lost to Northwestern. They were worn down. Dan Persa over 50 plays in the first half, over 90 plays for the game. Adrian Claiborne talked about how they were beaten, dead tired. And if you watch the game, you remember it. They lost to Ohio State at home. It's 20 to 17. I was at that game. I was on the sidelines. It was fourth and 10, fourth and game, and Terrell Pryor made an unbelievable individual play. And then, of course, the game at Minnesota where. Claiborne basically said a lot of guys have basically given up. There's more than just one player on a team. Ricky Stanzi did his part. So no, you don't get Ricky Stanzi either. So that's two of your five that you just don't get. And by don't get, I mean you don't get to count those as players who regressed as their career went on. Because as we've talked about with Tate, dude had a bad injury, an oblique injury that is hellish on quarterbacks. He sucked it up and gutted out a lot of pain. So of course you're not going to play as well, but that has nothing to do with development. Sports have been in the news lately and not necessarily because of the outcome of the game. Truth is, sports have always been about more than the game. Playing sports was the first time many of us ever learned what it was like to work as a team, or the first time we unlocked that competitive spirit. Listening to and watching sports triggered our imagination of what it'd be like to be a part of the starting lineup, playing alongside our heroes, or we made memories with our dad, siblings, and friends. Being a fan is special. It's a bond you have, not just with the people you watch with, but with the team you follow too. So when you fly that team's flag on Saturdays or Sundays, or walk by the wall banner in your basement or office, or see another flag flying around town of your team's rival, we know it's more than just a flag. It's an emotion. It's a memory. It's your fandom manifested. And if you don't have a flag to fly, well, let us help you with that. Heartland Flagpoles and Flags has nearly every flag from every team from every sport. If you're in Central Iowa, shop our store at 3719 Southwest 9th in Des Moines. Or shop us anywhere in the world, heartlandflags.com. Let's go to James Vandenberg now. Vandenberg is a first-year starter as a junior. 404 attempts, which is probably the Ferentz era high for a season. 58.7 completion percentage. 3,022 yards passing, which is the Ferentz era high. 7.5 yards per attempt, which is solid. 25 touchdowns to 7 interceptions and a rating of 138.5. That season, on the heels of Ricky Stanzi's 2010 season, were probably the best back-to-back seasons put together by Iowa quarterbacks since Chuck Long, Chuck Hartlieb. I mean, those two guys to themselves. Just stellar. 
Now, we all know that James Vandenberg is a senior. Saw his production drop off. 57.3 per completion percentage was in the ballpark. He had nearly 800 fewer yards passing. This just disgusts me. Yards per attempt, 7.5 as a junior to 5.8 as a senior. Touchdowns, 25 as a junior to 7 as a senior. A couple of things. Marvin McNutt probably makes a big impact, but he wasn't there for Vandenberg's senior year. You think that would have an impact on a quarterback? Probably so. When debatably one of the three, four best receivers in school history isn't there. But more so, Greg Davis came, and Iowa changed its offensive philosophy, its nomenclature, its approach, its attack, its everything. They went more to sight reads. And I'm not the only one to say this, but it was damn near criminal what happened to James Vandenberg. Seven touchdown passes for an entire season. Nate Stanley has eight through two games. So no, I'm not going to lay that on Iowa's inability to develop quarterbacks over their career. This one, this is a whole sea change of offense. If you, 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 can, you can put that one on Kirk for maybe making the wrong hire, the wrong fit, square peg, round hole, Greg Davis, that's fine. But I wouldn't lay it on quarterback development. Jake Rudock is up next. I know, by the way, that 2012 defense wasn't that great. As a junior, he completed 59% of his passes for 2,383 yards, 6.9 yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, a rating of 126.5. Iowa went 8-5 and five that year. Surprise team, especially coming on the heels of 2012. They ended well. Nice win against the Huskers in Lincoln. Made everybody feel pretty good. Representative play in the bowl game. As a junior at Iowa, Jake Rudock completed 61.7% of his passes, which was better. Had more passing yards. More yards per attempt. 16 to 5 touchdown interception ratio. And a higher rating at 133.5. Well, but Johnny was benched. He was benched because Iowa felt like C.J. Beathard gave them more upside. They were right about that, of course. But that doesn't mean they didn't develop Jake Rudock into a better quarterback as a, as a junior than he was as, as a sophomore. I would say that that wasn't the case. Statistically, it wasn't the case. Statistically, Jake Rudock was a better quarterback his second year than his first year. Well, with John, they went eight and five in the first, his first year as a starter, and that made us feel good. But he went seven and six in his second year, and that just didn't feel good. Well, Jake Rudock wasn't perfect in either one of those years. Statistically, he was better in year two. But you know what else kind of has an impact? Losing Morris, Kirksey, and Hitchens as your starting linebackers from 2013 to 2014. Oh, again, novel idea. One player doesn't make the entire team or have the entire... Yeah, the 2013 defense was much better than the 2014 defense. So a lot of this is like your feelings about those seasons these quarterbacks had earlier on versus what happened later on. And last but not least, we come to C.J. Beathard. C.J.'s first year as a starter was 2015. It's tough to top a 12-0 regular season. 12-2 overall, Rose Bowl game. 
Beathard's statistics certainly went down from junior to senior season. He was 61% completion junior, 56.5 senior. 2809 passing yards junior, 1929 senior. 7.8 yards per attempt junior, 6.4 senior. 17 touchdown passes in both seasons, 5 interceptions in 2015, and 10 in 2016, and a passer rating 139.5 as a junior to 122.3 as a senior. And this happened so freshly, I don't need to remind you how beat up and injured C.J. Beathard was. Pretty much from the Iowa State game on, his junior year, throughout the rest of his career, but really a lot during his senior year. Kirk Ferentz saying he's one of the toughest players that he's ever seen and been around because dude played hurt nearly his entire senior season. Does that mean Iowa can't develop a quarterback? I just don't think so. So the evidence isn't there. Emotion and how you feel about certain seasons does not equate to Iowa not being able to develop quarterbacks or first-year starters peaking and plateauing. No, maybe maybe a lot of first-year starters just happen to have great defenses and better playmakers around them, and Iowa caught lightning in a bottle because of what their system has been, by and large, a lower-risk system that relies on great defenses. Look from the defensive changes from year to year with some of these guys, and you see it right there. And in some instances, you're just wrong. Senior Ricky Stanzi was the best Ricky Stanzi. It's not even close or debatable. Senior Drew Tate couldn't give Junior Drew Tate a run for his money because he had an oblique injury the entire season. It's not even close to fairly compare the two. James Vandenberg, it was a crime against the Vandenberg family, the Greg Davis system coming in. C.J. Beathard, Hurt, Jake Rudock, statistically, Junior Jake, better than sophomore Jake. So I'm sorry I'm not going to go along with this notion. And I just felt like I had to get that off my chest. I'm sure many of you will disagree with me. Let's hear it on Twitter. Let's hear it on the message boards. Post away in the comments. Let's have a fun debate. As always, thank you for listening.